0: Today, on the Travel Guys.
1: In the travel news, great announcement from Southwest Airlines this week regarding flight credits. And despite the popularity of the new Elvis movie, Graceland is in financial trouble. Those stories next in the news. Getting good customer service
0: from travel companies when you're in a tight spot can be impossible. But wait, here's a new idea that's working for some. Details in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320.
1: Traveling internationally? Concerned about getting through customs easily? Travelers United has some tips for you at three thirty-five.
0: It's been an interesting three years for the travel industry. So after the summer of make-up travel, what lies ahead? Will the higher prices for airfares and hotels stick? Mark looks into his crystal ball and gives us his thoughts at three forty-five.
1: It's just after three o'clock on a Sunday. Time for the latest edition of the Travel Guys. <laughs>
0: I wait to get on the road again. <laughs> <laughs> to Alaska, I go north, the rush is on. indeed on with the show we go it's mark hoffman and sam romano we are the travel and entertainment guys always brought to you by sports leisure vacations and you can always find us it's travelguysradio.com and a good afternoon to you mr hoffman how's things there with sports leisure vacations
1: uh just rolling right along just rolling right along
0: Well, uh, since I saw you last, uh, have you been out on the road? Any of your travelers come back with any great
1: stories? Well, I have not. Uh, um, We we came back from the Puget Sound area. We talked about this last week. And then uh, I've been kind of on the disabled list this week with a minor elbow surgery. So we are working to start building our catalog. Our tour preview day for Sports Leisure Vacations is only about a month away if you are a mature traveler and you enjoy traveling in small to medium-sized groups um, that might be something that you would be interested in you can go to sportsleisure.com and see find some information about it but we roll out our catalog on a day in late august and much of our schedule for next year gives people an opportunity to to make some travel decisions so that's what we're working on right now is trying to Uh, put together those tours and also try to decipher, go through some lists of what people have told us they want, where they want to go, and try to make some decisions on, you know, what floats to the top this time and what has to wait another year.
0: All right. By the way, uh, we are the Travel Guys, and at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with the latest travel news, and there's certainly been a lot of it recently, Mark, what do you got for us today?
1: Well, uh, it's been an interesting week. I guess that the thing that got the most news this week was that Spirit-Frontier airline merger. We've been talking about it for about a year and a half. Uh, Frontier has approached Spirit. They're both what are called ultra-low-cost carriers. Um, In other words, you know, you you pay for everything. Um, You get a very cheap ticket, and then you add everything on after that. So the two of them, Frontier, decided that they would go after Spirit, maybe make one airline out of two. And that got JetBlue's attention. They said, well, wait a minute here. We'd kind of like to buy that airline, which is weird because JetBlue is not, doesn't have the same business model as the other two do. But JetBlue was persistent. And even though they were turned down several times, they kept coming back and offering to take spirit to the prom, so to speak. (laughs) And finally, the, the offer was so good that, Spirit uh, shareholders said, you know, um, we're going to take this really good offer here and uh, these other guys are going to have to uh, just be left standing at the door. So Frontier is now on their own. Interestingly enough, the Frontier stock went up about 15% uh, late last week on the day that it was announced that the deal with Spirit would not go through because in essence what Frontier is doing is eliminating one of their competitors on their business model. So hypothetically, if you like that sort of model where you don't where you pay a bare-bones ticket price and then buy everything else, there will be one less of those airlines to choose from. So hypothetically, that airline would get more business. JetBlue says that Spirit will become part of JetBlue. This probably means almost nothing to most of the people listening because very few people in Sacramento fly Frontier, Spirit, or JetBlue. But if you do fly one of those airlines, um, at least from the Spirit and JetBlue standpoint, there may be some changes coming In the future, there also is some feeling that while this merger would create the fifth largest airline in the country, that the federal regulators may not allow it to go through from a competition standpoint. Many of these carriers, you know, they might be the only two carriers that serve a certain city. So when you knock one of them out, now there's no competition in that city. So now the fare goes way up or the city gets abandoned completely. Because the fares are high and nobody will fly from there anymore, so it's kind of a complicated situation. It it hasn't gotten any less complicated in the last fifteen months, and I've probably spent way more time on it at the top of the newscast than I possibly <laughs> should. So anyway, Spirit and JetBlue are in bed together, and we'll have more on it as the pregnancy develops. There you go. We,
0: we, we wish them we wish them well. The uh, we
1: wish them well the, exactly. Uh, the wedi- the I don't like to pr-
0: said. I- the wedding present is in the mail.
1: Yeah, I, I fly JetBlue on a rare occasion. I wouldn't even consider flying the other two carriers. So, um, you know, most folks, I think they all have fairly limited service in Sacramento. Most of the folks fly the fly, fly the legacy carriers or Southwest out of Sacramento. Okay, here's some an article. Um, some U.S. cities are considering returning to mask mandates as COVID cases are rising. Uh, Los Angeles County is going to have an indoor mask mandate that's going to take effect next week. Seattle is looking at the same thing. In Cincinnati, the mayor has told all city employees that they should wear masks anywhere inside. Atlanta is looking at the same thing. So as COVID infections rise with this new variant, um, we're all kind of choosing to ignore it. The fact of the matter is that it's still out there. It's still causing staff shortages for people on a very regular an unpredictable basis and so even though many of us now have vaccinations i think that's what's keeping it from spreading dramatically around the community but it's still an issue for those who are not vaccinated and for those of us who are it can still knock you out uh, for a few days so anyway many cities are considering going back to um, masking up Uh, cruise lines on the other hand royal caribbean has is no longer requiring covid testing on short cruises um, if you are cruising sometime in the next couple months, all I can tell you is my mailbox is full of announcements from cruise lines saying we're going up, we're going down, we're going sideways. On short cruises, we're doing this. On long cruises, we're doing this. So if you're planning on cruising, there is no Bible in terms of COVID testing. So you just need to go to uh, your cruise line's website mm-hmm. and make sure that whatever it is that they're requiring a week or so before you depart, that you can that you can make that happen. Okay, uh, Elvis Presley, Graceland. You would think with a movie that has been really hot that Graceland would be doing really well and the fact of the matter is that it is doing much better than it did but Graceland has uh, some bonds that financed it many years ago and those bonds are now in default so the people who are owning them basically have pieces of paper that are not worth a whole lot right now. Um, the, the, The... Attraction is doing better. For those of you who don't know, Graceland was the home of Elvis Presley Mm -hmm. in Memphis, Tennessee, and a huge mansion and has been a very popular tourist attraction for many, many, many years. What, Tom? Probably, oh, gosh, 50 years, 60 years. Well, yeah, I'm pretty close. Yeah. Well, Elvis has been gone a long time, and people still go there. So um, it's – But not as many as used to. Here again, Not as – yeah, this is generational. It's going to happen.
0: You know, there are a lot of people uh, that uh, get out and travel now and that uh, are, don't really. Elvis wasn't part of their young life. So as those that were Elvis was uh, get up in years, I, I could see a
1: declining period. It It happens. I've been in the travel industry long enough to see this happen in a lot of places. Uh, the Roger Miller, remember King of the Road? Sure. The Roger, Roger Miller was born in this little tiny town uh, near the border of Texas and Oklahoma. They used to have a museum there honoring him. Interestingly enough, this town of 500 people, Sheb Woolley, the country western superstar mm-hmm. singer, was also born in this town. <laughs> so anyways, they had little Roger Miller museum. And after some years, Roger is gone and people stopped stopping. So if you're going to have a museum, it has to be open, and somebody has to be there. And so that's – you're right. That's what happens. Uh, the uh, the Roy Rogers and Dale Evans Museum down in Southern California, same fate uh, when it's out, when when generationally, when people stop remembering those folks, then we move on. Elvis has been able to fight, buck the trend for a long time. But uh, – and they are still the, – the, the property is open, and they are still hopeful that uh, financially they're going to be able to recover or do some kind of restructuring. But anyways, um, Elvis is gone. His home lives on, but maybe not for a while, for a long time. (laughs) Okay. Um, Here is the biggest news story of the week. Uh, This is something that really is a big deal for the little guy on the street. Southwest Airlines announced this week that they are going to eliminate – expiration dates on travel credits that would affect me yeah see, i see that would affect me i have some that expire in about six or eight weeks and um was wondering how i was going to be able to use them a lot of people have credits that ha- that have been rolled over from COVID days and the like there's got to be a lot of credits on the book this was a fairly big step i would imagine um, yes i'm i'm guessing accounting had to had to weigh in on this And probably some people had some sleepless nights at Southwest Airlines because what you've done here is you're you're telling a whole lot of people with a lot of credits that you can use these on your airfare even if it's two or three or five or ten years from now.
0: You know, not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, I called Southwest to discuss, uh, my soon to expire, uh, credits. And, uh, they says, well, we'll give you another six months. No big deal. We'll, we'll move them out. Uh, you know, it'll take about 45 days, uh, for, uh, us to send you, uh, you know, an I love you voucher, whatever they call it with a heart thing, right? And, right. uh, so anyway, just out of curiosity, when we saw this news come down, we, we took a look at our account and, you know, it's it's must be in the works because the credits have kind of disappeared. There's no email that says that here's your voucher. You know, they're reworking the whole thing. So if you happen to go to your Southwest account and look for your credits, uh, you may not see them there right now because uh, there's they're fixing it. And they'll be notifying you as to where we go from here. So just a little bit personal insight there.
1: Yeah, well, it's a good thing. It's found money. If you've got a Southwest Airlines credit that was about to expire or even that isn't about to expire and you didn't know how you were going to use it yet, um, sit back and relax because now you don't have to worry about. And I think what Southwest is banking on, many of those credits will never be used. So no matter how long Mm -hmm. they give you to use them, that some of them will just never get used. And to me, this is a huge public relations coup. For Southwest because it separates them from every single one of their competitors there you go and it makes them it makes them look like good guys which is what Southwest worked on being for a long time and because of all of the problems they've had in the last couple of years meltdowns and, and, and staffing problems and things that other airlines have had but uh, Southwest has kind of lost their mojo and I see this as the kind of thing that will that will help them regain that. I agree. Um, it, it, it makes them better and it makes them different from their competitors. And they're basically saying, you know, you're going to fly these other guys. Why, this is going to expire. You're going to come over here and you have any kind of an issue. You can use this anytime. Now, of course, they also have created a fair category now where you can transfer those credits to other people. If you're not in that fair category, you have to use them yourself. But if you're in that, that makes that fare category a little bit more valuable maybe than it used to be.
0: It is. Now, you got to buy the uh, fares under that category. They're roughly about $30 more per flight uh, to, yep. to be able to get those benefits. All righty.
1: Anyway, that is your travel
0: news for today. You can find us at TravelGuysRadio.com. You can get podcasts of past shows there as well. And you can see Mark and Tom's picture, which really isn't much of a highlight, but... <laughs> There you go. It's kind of what we used to look like. Picture's a little old, but that's okay. We haven't changed much. We're a little old too. So
1: yes,
0: yeah. Yeah. Just keep in mind when you see that picture, Mark has a new hip and a refurbished elbow, so it might look a little different. All right, Mark, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about. What we teased before we took the break there, uh, getting good customer service from travel companies, which oftentimes is kind of impossible to to do. What do you got?
1: Well, nowadays, travel companies are making it harder and harder for you to contact them directly. So you can't, even if you have a cell phone and you're in the airport and you have a problem with a hotel or a car rental or an airline or something like that, you'll pay hell trying to figure out how to reach them and get to an actual live person who can help you when you're in a situation that has some immediacy to it. Um, You know, you need an answer right away or you need help right away, or you at least need help within the next few hours because something bad is about to happen to you. Your flight has gotten canceled. The flight they've put you on is three days from now. Uh, You're, you're, you've, you've got some issue. The car rental companies run out of cars. You're holding a confirmation in your hand. You're a long time customer. Um, you're, 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 you're not – you can't get to anybody. And the, the companies seem to be doing this intentionally of making it hard for you to get to them. So that isn't a problem when you've got a customer service question that you don't need an answer for until tomorrow. But when you need it right now, that can be a bit of a problem. Some people have found mm-hmm. that many companies pay attention to their social media sites. <laughs> so for those of you who are into social media posting – Um, You can sometimes get some help this way. Now, some people look at social media sites as a way to ding a business, you know, to carve them a new one, so to speak. You did bad by me. Now I'm going to fix you. I'm going to let everybody know how bad you are. This is not necessarily what we're talking about here. We're talking about a strategy that would allow you to make a post and try to get some help without necessarily making the company look bad
0: now there are a lot of social media sites uh which one uh, are we recommending here uh, do you facebook uh twitter uh, instagram what's your advice
1: yes depends in many cases on the problem and the company um our buddy chris elliot lists at his on his website elliot two l's and two t's dot org if you go there Um, you can find where Chris has all the contacts for various companies. And when you look under individual companies' contacts, he will give you their Facebook or their Twitter or wherever it is that, in his opinion, they pay most attention to. So I I would highly recommend that as a resource in terms of trying to find out which social media company to go to. And again, um, it's really important here to remember – that the goal of this is not necessarily to shame the company. Got it. If you post the right kind of post and you get the results that you want, you'll do both. You'll shame the company a little bit and you'll give them an opportunity to be able to show that they responded to your problem. So, like I said, this is a strategy more than anything else. If you... If you're going to make a post regarding something that's happened to you, resist the temptation to call out the company right away. Just explain in simple terms what has happened. Now, that's likely to have a pretty big slant to it because, after all, you're the person who needs some help. Um, also, remember, don't post this on your Facebook page because if you post it on your Facebook page, they can't see it. Uh huh. So it's really important here that you that you post it in a place where it, where the, where they will see it so you need to make sure that you go to their page so that's where having somebody like Mr. Elliot or another resource might help you and and know that the airlines and people they they don't put this on the top of their homepage well you know, well complain I, to I, us on social media here
0: yeah i i love this chris elliot guy by the way you can find a link to uh, chris's website if uh, you missed it there at uh, travelguysradio.com
1: so you're looking to be – you want to be friendly and you want to be factual. Mm-hmm. You want to get to the point. You want to mind your manners. Um, you want to avoid all uppercase messages mm-hmm. because that doesn't necessarily send the right, the, the right message to the person. You, a person on the other end is reading this. You want that person to help you. If you scream and yell at them, they're going to move on to the next one. So if you present your your issue in a factual, concise manner and say, this is what I need, then that person might say, you know what, I can hit two buttons and fix that. And you might get it fixed. Um, You may not get a response right away. Uh, Sometimes you, you might. Sometimes it might take hours. It might be the next day. So if you don't get an immediate response, don't be surprised. It's not inappropriate a few hours after your initial post to go back and say, perhaps someone didn't see this, I really need some help here, let me restate my problem, or you can see my problem up above, or something like that. So it's a way, another tool, that people who are traveling can sometimes, and some folks have had some real success with it. Um, Also, keep in mind that many of these travel entities, while making it harder for you to contact them personally, have made it easier for you to contact them via their app on your phone. So if you put the app on your phone for Hilton, United, Southwest, Hertz, whatever it is that you need, you may run into a problem and you may, for example, your bag doesn't show up. So go on the app because there may be a message there that said, hey, your bag didn't make the flight. It'll be here in two and a half hours or it'll be here tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So now at least you have some information that, that may keep you from having to go stand in a line, get on the phone Try to make a social media post somewhere. So just, some, just another, another channel that you can use if you get into a tight spot.
0: Now, a lot of those apps have a, a chat feature, do they not? They do. And you can they you do. Can t- take advantage of that. And you can And you know, I know a lot of times it's a robotic, but uh,
1: yeah, that's the challenge there is that it's robotic. So the robot may the bot on the other end may or may not recognize exactly what it is that you're talking about or referring to. You may have a hard time getting it to focus on what your exact problem is. But, you know, if you're in a tough spot, then that's another op- another way maybe to communicate.
0: Well, all right, there we go. Smart stuff from Mr. Hoffman and, of course, our buddy Chris Elliott, consumer advocate. Uh, links to Chris at com. We're going to take a short time out for some news. And when we come back, traveling internationally, concerned about getting through customs easily, Travelers United has some tips for you. All right, Mark, let's make people that travel international. And there seems to be a lot of that going on. I don't know if you are you going to be able to help us not lose our bags? Or uh, no, we- I can't help you with that.
1: There there have been some horrid pictures oh online God. of stacks of luggage in foreign airports, especially at Heathrow, that are just I mean, it's just a, it, it, a giant pile of luggage. And if they told you, well, your your bag is in there somewhere. I mean, you'd, you'd almost have to be a mountain climber to be able to um, figure it out. Remember the story a couple of weeks ago, a Delta taking a plane that and the flight got canceled so they filled the plane up with luggage right and just brought all the luggage back home that's just that's amazing i wonder anyway. if
0: any i wonder if anybody watching that uh, happened to you know think that they saw their luggage and then paused their tv and was <laughs> looking look, look marge i swear that's that's our bags right there in the middle honey
1: <laughs> about halfway up the Himalayas. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> how about uh, how about what what does uh, Travelers United uh, have for us tip wise for uh, getting through customs?
1: Uh, they have lots of, of good stuff. By the way, Charlie at Travelers United sends his his best. He was going to be here to talk to us about this today, but. Uh, Something came up, so he sent me some good notes about getting through customs. Um, First thing he he emphasized is make sure that you declare everything you're supposed to declare. He said, I can't imagine getting into a foreign country or trying to come home and getting hung up because you thought you could sneak such and such in, and now you can't. And now you're in a situation that really is – you're in way over your head now. So Charlie says, declare everything. Um, If you owe some duties on something, don't try to hide it. Um, Just pay the duty and bring the stuff home. Check the list of prohibited and restricted, restricted items before you travel. So that if you're leaving the Netherlands or Bolivia or wherever it is that you went on your journey, and keeping in mind that some things might be legal or okay some places, And not other places. I mean, here in these United States, we have a plethora of places that allow a certain type of recreational drug and a plethora of places that don't. So, I mean, imagine extending that to foods and things like that, that countries are trying to protect from diseases and things. So make sure that you declare all the things that you're bringing home with you, especially food, especially food. Customs officials in most countries one of their top priorities is to prevent infections and things th- coming in on plants, animals also. So that's something that they're big on. You
0: know, and when you travel internationally, you go to Spain or Italy or wherever, uh, and you're dining and you're... you're- having breads and all the the tendency uh, to want to say, man, I really like to bring some of this back home. This is just amazing. If I could just bring this back and and share it with Mark, uh, this this would be tremendous. And so, you know, you think you might go over there and you're not going to be in a situation where you're going to want to do that. Uh, You know what? You're You're wrong. You you will. And so, yeah,
1: and it only takes one time and one little thing. And I mean, I, I don't want to c- compare this necessarily, but it is an example. You know, there's a there's a basketball player trying to get out of Russia right now yeah, who um, went in with something that she thought was very small and very, very minimal. And it turned out that it wasn't that. So,
0: yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, she couldn't have declared that for sure.
1: No, she couldn't have. <laughs> but the point here is um legal and illegal stuff yeah. why would you want to get yourself in I mean the, the really and truly the ends doesn't justify the means here um, gifts if you're returning to the US and you have some gifts that you've purchased, particularly if you purchased something of some real value you know something other than a knickknack, make sure you include all the gifts that you received abroad or that you were purchased for others maybe you went abroad to see grandma and And in the old country, and grandma gave you some very valuable family jewelry, and now you're bringing it back home with you. Well, customs needs to know about that. So, again, make sure before you go that you check into these things so that you can't say, well, gosh, I didn't know about that because that's not going to cut it. Um, Currency. If you you can carry as much currency as you wish – in or out of the United States, but if it's more than $10,000 that you're carrying, you have to let customs know. So, again, if you have a large – I can't imagine what you would need more than $10,000 in cash with, for if you were leaving the country, but if you are in that position, make sure that you let customs know so that you're, you don't get to customs and they say, look here, dude, you got $35,000 and that's uh, way over the limit and you've got to declare this in a certain way. Now, there are also programs that will help you get through customs quicker. There are trusted traveler programs, Global Entry, Nexus, Sentry. Uh, Clear will help you get into some countries um, also. There is is pre-clearance that you can do um, that would allow you so you don't have to pass through full screening. There is a visa waiver program, 39 visa waiver countries may be eligible citizens from those countries and nationals from those countries may be eligible to enter the U.S. without a visa. So there's an application process for that. So there are also there's an app to be able to monitor what the wait time is in a particular customs line to get over the uh, to get into the country. Uh, A couple of other things that you want to keep in in mind is your ID. Make sure that your ID is in order. And we've talked many times on this program. Had a good friend of mine who called me a few weeks ago and said, oh, my God, my wife and I are doing some international traveling. We've just realized our passports expire in less than six months. Oh, boy. So – now we've only got a limited amount of time. We've got to get these passports renewed. How can we do it? And of course, you can go to San Francisco and walk it through, and there is a way to, to do that fairly quickly. But you want to make sure that your that your passport is in is going to be valid for the time that you're traveling.
0: Mark, your passport has to be good for uh, quite a ways out when you get ready to travel. If it's, uh, if it's only it's going to expire in 30 days from the time you depart, uh, yep. you could be denied uh, the opportunity to travel. What What is the passport rule?
1: Not every country has this rule. Some countries are 90 days. Some countries are six months. Some countries don't care. So, But as a general rule, mm-hmm. you need your passport to be valid for at least six months after your departure date, the date that you're leaving. If your passport is valid for six months, if you're leaving on the 1st of July – and your passport is good until the 1st of January, then you're going to be good no matter where you're going. Not every country, again, has those restrictions, but some do. And as my buddy found out um, at the very last minute, oh, my God, we've got to have new passports or we can't go. So that's critical because you wouldn't want to actually get into the process of traveling and find out that you know, you're know you at the airport, you're trying to get through customs Uh, on the other end and oh my god you can't come into the country because your passport isn't valid for the right amount of time so that's a really critical one it's a really simple one but it gets a lot of people and especially right now because people who travel internationally they would see their passport on a regular basis but a lot of them haven't traveled for two or three years so they haven't looked at their passport and i'm guessing that's what's happening with many people is they pick it up and say oh my goodness we should have looked at this sooner so That's important. Having all of whatever ID that you're supposed to have, it's just like going through TSA. If you get to the front of the TSA line and you haven't taken out your ID and you don't have your boarding pass in hand or on your phone or whatever, you're now causing a problem for everybody behind you in line. And if everybody does that, none of us will ever get through security. So as a courtesy to others, you need to be prepared when you get up to the customs stand to be able to present the information that's important to you. I mentioned that there's an app that you can get um, where you can monitor uh, wait times at customs points around not only around the U.S. or around the world. Two other important things to consider here. If you're traveling through uh, to a foreign country and you're taking a pet, then in many cases, there are special restrictions. Some countries allow certain types of pets. Some do not. So make absolutely certain... Well, if you're taking Fido or mm-hmm. Miss Kitty along, that or some other more exotic pet, that you know exactly what you're getting into and what you can get out of. Remember, you have to get back into your into your home country. And finally, medications. This is really really important. Um, if you're if you're someone who has a if you just got one or two things and it's a blood pressure medication and something that you take for cholesterol, then that's not as important. As someone who has six or seven medications, maybe one or two of them are specialty medications that have to be refilled and so you have to carry a certain amount of them with you and it's for a certain health problem, you want to make sure you have a list of all your prescriptions and what they are and what they're for for two reasons. One is for the customs people because now they can see that you're not carrying anything that isn't something that you need. To survive. The other thing is that you get to a foreign country. What if you get delayed or something? You run out of medication. Now you've got the list of everything you're supposed to take. So now you've killed, in essence, two birds with one stone.
0: Great, great advice. Stuff, a lot of stuff that people wouldn't think of if you don't travel internationally quite frequently. I I cringe. You know, I've traveled with pets, but I can't even imagine traveling internationally with uh, Fido. It's a whole
1: different animal, if you don't (laughs) mind the pun. And also, another quick thing here, Tom, before we wrap up. Remember that Canada and Mexico are foreign countries. They are friendly foreign countries. You may find it much easier to pass into Canada or Mexico or out of Canada or Mexico than you do some other countries on the planet. But that doesn't mean that it's not still customs and there aren't still rules that you have to follow. And uh, you may see more smiles and you may have a little bit of conversations with the customs agent because, you know, wow, you're born in the same hometown as the customs agent's parents or something like that. But still, remember, those are foreign countries, and they have rules and regulations, and you have to follow them in order to get in and out of their country.
0: Great advice, and uh, too bad we didn't get a chance to have Charlie, but uh, you uh, you filled in quite nicely with some great information from Travelers United. Links to their website also at travelguysradio.com. Uh, Mark, uh, thanks for spending a little bit of time and uh, doing the research in your crystal ball and sharing with us some of your thoughts in regards to travel moving forward. It's been a kind of a bumpy three years, and uh, you know, we've seen airfares go up. We've seen hotel fares go up. We've lost we've lost a lot of services, particularly services at uh, hotels and things that we used to always count on that kind of made vacations extra fun. Uh, we kind of feel like maybe we're coming out of it a little bit. Uh, what do you see ahead?
1: Well, there's going to be some things that are going to be different. Um, we've already talked about things like Housekeeping in hotels are probably – some hotels are at least going to try to uh, limit the amount of housekeeping that they have to do. I I don't know that that's going to work for them or not. Hotel rooms that aren't cleaned every day are a lot dirtier when they are cleaned. And I think that hotels are going to find that there's a real downside to not being on top. I mean, let's face it. There was wasn't there a hotel in Las Vegas where the housekeeping couldn't get into the place guy's room for a week, and then he shot a bunch of people out the window. And they said, "Well, from now on, we're going into every hotel room every day. We're going to make sure." Well, that lasted about twenty minutes, and yeah. so. But I do believe that that the whole housekeeping thing is still going to evolve somewhat. Um, the breakfast situation at hotels, which basically. You know The big thing for 15, 20 years had been including some level of breakfast with the room, whether it was a Hampton Inn and it was a real casual buffet that didn't have a lot of protein items in it and the value wasn't as high or it was a full buffet at a Marriott or uh, a Hilton or something like that, Uh, including breakfast on some level, discounting it, giving it to your premier members uh, was a a big deal for – it was a big selling point. It was a value added for hotels. They got away from that. I think their customers are telling them that, uh, hey, where's the breakfast? You know, it's like old, the old Clara, Pella, Pella thing, Pella, Clara Peller thing. Where's the beef? Mm-hmm. Um, with the old Wendy's commercial, well, I think the customers now are starting to say, hey, wait a minute. You know, we've heard enough COVID excuses. Um, you can't throw out some English muffins and some, you know, I mean, what you used to do it wasn't that impressive anyway. So I think that uh, we'll see those changes Unfortunately, I think airlines are going to continue to squeeze people. I think that uh, seat space is going to get less and less and less and less until there's a disaster where people don't get off of an airplane uh, because of the fact there were too many of them on the plane. Then I think people will probably look at things differently. But for right now, um, airfares will continue to be competitive. I think that, that that maybe we'll see some some change from where we are now.
0: You mentioned COVID a little earlier. Where do you where do you see that affecting us moving forward?
1: Well, we've all decided that covid is not a big deal anymore, that it's a common cold. And so that's great for everybody who's vaccinated. And and most people can get through this without too much inconvenience. Um, The people who are not vaccinated are still getting hit. But, you know, life is full of choices. So those folks have made theirs. Um, The problem comes hospitality needs needs people. And when. 10% of your workforce calls in suddenly sick one day and you've got nobody to replace them, then you have to start making some decisions about what services you're going to provide and what services you're not going to provide. So I think hotels in particular, um, things like uh, I work with a lot of motor coach companies, so drivers become an issue. Um, ferry boats in Seattle have had issues because they don't have enough captains on any given day to be able to drive all the ferry boats. They've scaled back the service to something they know they can do. Airlines have eliminated flights to say, okay, this is what we think we can do on any given day. And they've had some success with that over the last month. So realist being realistic, I think is important. COVID is obviously not going away as a society. We have decided to treat it in a certain way. Um, I get pushback from my customers on a, on a bus when I say, Hey, we're going to mask up because COVID is all over the place. But when we get back home and we only have three or four people who test positive instead of 15, you kind of think that maybe it's because we protected ourselves a little bit. I travel a lot. I stopped using a mask, but now when I go through an airport, I wear a mask because I know there are a bunch of idiots walking through here who are not vaccinated and are probably carrying this crud. And I don't, I've had it once and I don't want it again. COVID, COVID is a consideration only because of the personnel issues if for no other reason than that, that it causes travelers on a daily basis.
0: It's Mark and Tom, the travel guys. We're talking, uh, looking into Mark's crystal ball and looking ahead at what travel is going to look like uh, in the in the near and distant future. Mark, what are some of the challenges that you see for travelers uh, that will be facing travelers now?
1: Well, we used that F word for a long time. We, we, flexibility, and we said if you're going to travel. Right now, you need to be flexible, and that's been going on for a while, and that still applies because not everybody has is full service where they would like to be, and there are a lot of people still traveling. I think we're, there's going to be a fall off after the summer. I think you're going to see another surge over the holidays because people haven't been able to travel over the holidays for a couple of years, and if they can this year, there will be a lot of makeup travel again. But I think normalcy is probably just around the t- corner, which is really a good thing for a lot of the people in the hospital. Imagine this, Tom, you're in a popular destination, you know, Hawaii, uh, any of the, any place that's really popular in the summertime, Pacific Northwest, I've been up to a couple times. So your business you work for doesn't have enough help. So you're pulling overtime shifts and extra shifts. And after a while, it ain't the money. Because you've worked 14 days in a row, and on four of those days, you worked double shifts, and it's like, I'm done. Uh, I can't work anymore. I, can't, I I know that we need help, and it it's a problem if I don't show up, but I can't do it anymore. So I think that's kind of where we're getting with some folks, and that's a little bit of a problem because you know it, it's the old sign uh, that we saw in the hotel. You know, Everybody is shorthanded right now. The whole world is shorthanded, so be kind to the people who showed up.
0: Yeah, and expect sometimes to go to your favorite restaurant on vacation, and there'll be a sign that says, you know, we've worked uh, 14 days, 18, 20 days in a row. We had to take a day off. We're closed.
1: Mark- or half, half the restaurant is open. You you walk up to the, to the hostess table, and you, a, a counter, and you say, gee, you know, dinner for two. And they say there'll be an hour and a half wait, or I'm sorry, we don't have any space tonight. And you look and you say, well, gee, half the restaurant is empty. Well, that's because there aren't enough people in the kitchen. Or there aren't enough servers to be able to put people in the other half of that restaurant.
0: You mentioned it briefly. Let's look at airfares and hotel uh, rates moving forward. They've, they've gone up. They've gone up. Uh, right now, uh, of course, summer travel is real real expensive. What do you see moving forward?
1: If you can avoid booking an airline ticket or a a hotel room for a way out period, let's say after the first of the year. The holidays are going to be tight, so be careful there. But I think what we're going to see after Labor Day is a lot of discounting. So if you do book something now, book something that you can go back and say, oh, here's a better price. Let's change to that Um, so you don't have any obligation. There's where that Southwest thing comes in with the uh, air credits that never expire that we were talking about. But anyhow, I think that's really, really critical. Um, Hotels and airlines still in some cases, as we put together trips for next year, we find that they are still being a little bit unrealistic in their pricing. I think some of that will will come down. There is it's certainly not going to go up. So there's not a lot of harm in waiting a little while if you're traveling next spring or early next summer. And if you don't have to make the reservation now or you can make it in a way that it's changeable or cancelable, I would highly recommend that.
0: Okay, we have just uh, under a minute, Mark. Quickly, what will be the difference in the post pandemic?
1: I think travel is going to be more expensive than it was pre-pandemic because some of these people are going to realize that they can get more for their product but i think that there will still be bargains be patient um the bargains and the normalcy in travel i think will return after the first of the year pretty much for sure
0: all right it's mark and tom the travel and entertainment guys hope you enjoyed the show today we'll be back next week at three and we'll uh we'll do it all again we Thank you for coming along. Don't forget our website, TravelGuysRadio.com. Links to a lot of stuff that we talked about can be found there.
1: All right, Mark, uh, you stay well. Final word. You do the same thing, my friend. Uh, Dance like nobody's watching. And we'll see you next Sunday at 3 o'clock. Okay,
0: everyone, you take care. We'll see you. We are the Travel Guys. Thanks for coming along.